So good. Awesome graduates. I'm so glad you're staying in service, not leaving, hanging out in the sanctuary, ready to receive from the word. If you see a graduate roaming around, make sure they stay in here. We ain't done raising them, right? So good. That's how we do it in youth group. Thank you so much for not going to the bathroom right now. We're going to receive from the Lord. Yes, awesome. He's coming back, right? That's what we like to do. Awesome. Well, let's just pray right now. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you uh, for the privilege to raise up people in your ways. Father, thank you that this house is a house that loves to release people in their destinies, Father, to find their purpose. God, I thank you that even this morning, Lord, you are going to be reminding us of destinies. Father, you are going to be restoring and rebuilding the foundations within us. Amen. All right, I got a, I got a couple words. I'm going to go out on a limb that I was just sensing from the Lord. Um, so does the um, Roosevelt's, the name, does anybody live on a Roosevelt Street? Roosevelt Street? Roosevelt Street. Street with the name Roosevelt. Nor anybody know anybody who's on that street. Yeah. A little specific, right? Roosevelt. What about uh, the name Roosevelt? Anybody got Roosevelt in your name or somebody you know close to you? Roosevelt, like President Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Awesome. Well, hey, if it's somebody at Listen Live, because I don't know if you know, we, we, uh, we do streaming online. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if it's you, uh, and if you lost someone, you're grieving, needing restoration, the Lord just wants to release you into wholeness and to bring wholeness to your family. And the Lord is the one who wants to make you whole. So whether you're in here or online, you hear this later in podcast, the Lord wants to make you whole. Uh, second word I had was... Uh, Somebody who's here in this area, um, like physically, you're in this area, you've moved here, perhaps it's been recent, and uh, it's just kind of you. Family's not here, um, so that's kind of a broad thing at the moment. Um, so is anybody here, and there's not much family, and you're kind of just you in this area? Go going to raise your hand if that's you. Not much family, it's just you here. Man, everybody's got family here. Yeah? Yeah, awesome. We've got one over there. Okay, yeah. Um, well, let's just say it's you. How's that sound since you raised your hand? All right. Um, the Lord is uh, going to give you what you need. And um, you may have been tempted to leave because you're tired of being alone. But uh, the Lord wants to do great work in you here. He wants you to remain um, wherever you are in your area. And he wants to provide uh, a family for you and for your family. And, uh, and the, Lord, the Lord really wants to uh, teach you how to... Um, plant and release something in a region that you're unfamiliar with because he wants you to be um, part of someone who captures the heart of another city and really brings change and revival in that area. So that's for you. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Come on, we're all learning. We all get to practice hearing from Jesus, right? Why not? It's a safe place to try it, right? Yeah. Um, So last time I spoke, I talked about bringing destruction to the enemy's work. So uh, now instead of destroying things, I'm going to talk about rebuilding things. Uh, so it's probably a good idea, right? Uh, rebuilding the ruins. Rebuilding the ruins. Uh, this is really why we're doing Emerge Leadership School, launching this fall. This is why uh, us uh, staff and New Horizon want to dream big and do something that may seem bigger than ourselves. But uh, in order to do something bigger than yourself, you've got to step out, right? On a limb where fruit is produced, right? Uh, and so Emerge is created for 18 to 24-year-olds to, before they go into college or their career, or maybe it's right after, for them to really spend a solid nine months, 10 months of knowing what is the assignment the Lord has for me. Just imagine if every single person in here at the age 
18 graduated around there at 19. The age of 19, they knew, just imagine at 19, you knew exactly what your assignment was. And you went into college knowing the assignment God has given you. Just imagine that. That's powerful. Just imagine that. So that's why we're doing it. That's why we're doing it. Uh, it's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild. I want to start with Isaiah 61. Uh, this has been bothering me the past few months, bothering in a good way, and I just can't uh, stop the itch. It's so good. Um, by the way, I'm Chris, youth pastor, kids pastor, uh, whatever is needed. I'm here. So I love being on staff here and overseeing uh, essentially grades first through 12th. And thank you, parents, for letting me partner with you. It's a privilege. All right. Isaiah 61, verse 1. Let's start there. Isaiah 61, verse 1. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. All right, let's go to the next one. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Let's keep going. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. I just want to camp at that verse right there, verse 4. Wow. Huh. Now we got Isaiah as a mouthpiece of God, a prophet to the nation of Israel, and he's speaking on behalf of what God is releasing him to do. But we'll also see a lot of similarities and correlations to um, what Jesus is to us and what we are to the world. What's interesting is somebody who receives the anointing of the Lord upon them, one who receives freedom and is found in a place of freedom and able to walk freely and being who they're meant to be in Jesus, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Then they will raise up the former uh, devastations. Then they will repair the ruined cities. Then they will repair the desolations of many generations. Or some translations say former generations, the generations of fathers, those who may have screwed or messed things up for later generations, restoring, repairing that. Wow. Huh. So rebuild ancient ruins. What societal infrastructures does the Lord want to rebuild? Okay, we have language of the seven mountains, uh, which include uh, general spheres like business, Family, government, education, religion, arts and entertainment, media. What societal infrastructure does the Lord want to rebuild? And we love, we love to know that God wants to rebuild all of society. God wants it. When, when, when heaven's supposed to be released on the earth, that means societies are influenced in every area. Because heaven isn't just like, well, we'll go a little bit here, and, and we, got, we got some media angels. We don't really got arts and entertainment angels, but we got some of those government angels, you know, and we're just going to release them government angels. You know, but it's like, but the, when the kingdom of heaven comes, it just covers the whole society. And so I want to propose that we're building ancient ruins. The Lord wants you to rebuild a societal infrastructure. The Lord wants to raise you up in rebuilding an arena. So if you're in business in a marketplace, the Lord wants to use you as a minister of the Lord, as an anointed one, to bring about his kingdom. If, remember this, if only pastors were the ones supposed to bring about the kingdom, then we're in here right now. We're not out there. So how's the world going to hear? Right? So mostly the world hears through you. 
through you and what you do full-time. Not necessarily pastors full-time in the building, but what you do full-time. Our, jo- our job is just to say, go! It's you, you can do it! Rebuild the ancient ruins. This is what we want the young people to grow up in, is knowing what societal infrastructure, what arena, what sphere does the Lord want you to bring change about? The second thing in their former devastations, former desolations, what used to be dry, dead, useless, nothing, was like a desert, it produced nothing. There might be some areas like that in society, right? You know, I, um, I don't know if love's the right word, but I, I love how God likes to take us from something if it was a desolate area, into something even great. You know what I love? is a story of me growing up without a father and now being a son with a father in a restorative relationship. That's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And that was me taking my ownership as a son to be someone who will take the, the position of repairing and restoring. I ain't waiting for anybody. Right? Why wait for anybody? Why would I wait for somebody in my family to do the very work that I'm released to do for my family? Raise up the former devastations. What in, your, what in your life is dry, is dead, and it needs to be raised up? Jesus has empowered you to bring life to that area. Third thing we see in here, repair the ruined cities. You know, cities where people dwell, where they live, where they're in community, a social place. You see, communities are unified and healed. When ones are raised up in the ways of the Lord, when ones receive an assignment from the Lord, they're ones who repair ruined cities. We're going to talk about Nehemiah in a second. And I love that he, he had a heart. He had a burden for a city. And he went there. Desolations of many generations. This one I just, wow. Repairing desolations of many generations. Man, I take pride in this. I love doing this. I love my parents. I love my in-laws. And I, I, I'm inheriting a lot of great characteristics from my parents and my in-laws. But how many of you know also there's some things maybe you don't want to inherit from your parents and in-laws? Now, I'm not talking about the difference of what kind of shoes you wear or the way you eat tacos, right? But, and it may not necessarily be specifically your parents or in-laws, but when you've kind of heard stories from your parents and in-laws of past generations, past grandparents, and of how they fought for you to make sure that doesn't happen. And so they chose not to do it, right? Or to partake in that. And it could be something as, like inheriting, uh, whether it's a disease or an allergy, or it could be something where it's, there's so much sexual uh, uh, immorality and, and confusion. And so, you know what I love is whatever comes our way, you get to cut off what you don't want for your family. And you get to receive what you do want. Right? And so I love, I love always saying, I love the opportunity of saying yes or no to something that comes our way. Uh, having a family with my wife, Brian and our son, Zayden. You know, and just recognizing the things that I do are his inheritance. So if I honor the Lord, or if I sin against him, here you go, son. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Zayden gets it. He gets it all. What do I want to leave him with? That's real. What do I want to leave him with? And even if your children are all grown up and you're like, you know, well, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You're all grown up now. You already got what I got. You being one who walks into freedom, whether your child is now 40, 
and, and things didn't go too well or things went well, whatever the situation is, you can still choose to be a free one and lead your child into freedom. You know, when you got that revelation. And so I'm so excited. I love fighting for my son, Zayden. It takes work to kill my flesh. It's amazing how I kill my flesh for my son, just like Jesus killed his flesh for us. We get all of Jesus because of everything he gave up. Jesus, it says Jesus was tempted in, in, in many ways that we know. Yet he said no, with you in mind. What if parents, what if us, what if older generations said no to things for the sake of the younger? Right? Even things that aren't necessarily really bad. But it leads you into a place of complacency where you're just stagnant. What if you chose to get out of comfort and start pursuing things and taking risks for the sake of the younger generation? I want to be that. Nehemiah chapter 1. Let's let him be an example. Nehemiah chapter 1. Let's go to verse 3. They said to me, the remnant there. So Nehemiah is with the king. He's the cupbearer of the king. Very, very uh, high-ranked, entrusted position as being a trust, um, trustful servant to the king. And people of Judah came to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is hearing a report of his hometown, Jerusalem. They said to him, the remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Next verse. When I heard these words, Nehemiah said, I sat down and I wept and mourned for days and I was fasted. I was uh, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Wow. Have you ever gotten a burden for a city? You know, it's interesting. uh, Nehemiah was drawn to the Lord, and we find out, um, verse 5 and 7 and following, that Nehemiah, he fasted and he prayed. He got a burden for something, so he chose to give up things that weren't necessarily bad to have, but he wanted to kill his flesh and give things up to seek the Lord and to connect with him to a next level. And we find Nehemiah then is led to go to his hometown, Jerusalem. Chapter 2, verse 3. Prior to this, the king says, Nehemiah, what's wrong with you? You're not sick, but you got a heavy heart. Chapter 2, verse 3. And Nehemiah says, Let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, my hometown, the place my father's tombs are, lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? Why would I not be sad? And then verse 4, the king asks, what do you request? And then it goes on, Nehemiah requests that he goes back to the town, back to Jerusalem, to help rebuild the wall and the gates. And he asks the king for letters that will allow him to receive materials from those who have them on his way, the lumber and all that, and also the blessing of the king. And we'll essentially stop there with, about Nehemiah. But just imagine if you had such a burden for a city, or how about your family? Or how about even just you? Where you're at in work, your, your house, your church, whatever. Just imagine having a burden for something where it drives you and leads you to want to fast. I have the most difficult time fasting because I like Indian food, you know. 
fasting. And it's funny, you know when I say I have the hardest time? When I say that I can allow myself to excuse, well, it's hard, hard for me. Maybe it's easy for you. But me, you know, I'll just fast non-food stuff. You know, but there's been times where when I've had a burden for something and I was drawn to fast, that I guess you could say I was uh, more successful in it because my burden was heavier than what my flesh wanted, right? Anybody ever kind of fasted? We didn't really have the burden, you know? (laughs) You just had a hungry stomach (laughs) and you listened to it, right? Nehemiah had a burden for a city. Just imagine having a burden for yourself. Now, I I, I get to talk to you guys again in a couple weeks, so this is the first part of Rebuild the Ruins. Now, you're called to be a rebuilder of society. You're called to rebuild your family. You're called to rebuild your workplace. You're called to be part of rebuilding your church. But first, before you are a rebuilder, the very first thing to build, or like the the very first brick of building something, is you. The very first thing is you. Allowing yourself to be rebuilt by the Lord. Allowing yourself to be built by the Lord. Jesus called the cornerstone, because in masonry, that's the start of where they build. And that, that is the focal point where you can make sure everything's even and good. But if you don't got a cornerstone, your foundation might fall apart, right? If we don't got Jesus and rely on him, it might fall apart. You know what's even crazy? Giving your heart to Jesus means nothing if he doesn't get to keep it. You know, I'm just like, whoa. You know, I almost took that off of Facebook. I was like, that's kind of mean. I was like, but it's kind of true. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> What if we had a burden for ourselves? So I want to I encourage you and propose to you right now to grab a burden for yourself to be rebuilt. I've met, I meet a lot of young people because what I do. And uh, there's a lot who don't know what they're doing, even though they have an idea of what they're going to do next. Not sure on their assignment. And I'm like, that's got to change. I want young people to know their assignment. I want them to know exactly what they're called to do. Now, you may not have the whole blueprint, but even just a word, just a, just a, a leading, just a, as you are finding out how you're wired and celebrating how the Lord has created you and recognizing the very thing that you desire and seeing what he wants for you, how your desires can match God's will for you. That's the sweet life when your desires and his will go hand in hand. Following Jesus is being, well, I don't get to do what I want when I follow Jesus. Well, maybe you don't know what he wants. So that's why you think he wants what you don't want, right? You see, Jesus was a rebuilder. Remember when Jesus said, I will, I will rebuild this temple in three days, right? And all the Pharisees were like, what? How are you going to do that, man? It's taking us a long time to build this temple, right? Jesus was talking about his body. Jesus allowed his body, his flesh to be destroyed in death, but then Jesus overcame and defeated death with a resurrected body. Jesus rebuilt his body in a resurrected form. Now, guess what? Who also defeated death? Who also has a resurrected body? We do. We get that in Jesus. Jesus rebuilt himself, rebuilt the temple for us. What are we called? Temples of the Holy Spirit. Jesus rebuilt the temple, and it's you, my friends. You are the carriers and the hosts of the Holy Spirit. You are the carriers and the hosts of the Holy Spirit. 
Be built before you build. Be built before you build. The first prerequisite to rebuilding society, because here's the thing. People can make a difference and then also be destroyed. People can have decades of, am- of amazing marriage, having fun raising kids, then all of a sudden, something happened. Split up. Family scattered. It's a mess. What's going on? It's loneliness. Somebody killed himself. What happened? What happened? Or you see, people with great amounts of success, maybe in a position at work, even in wealth, and yet all of a sudden, they find themselves alone. They find themselves not knowing, they find themselves going crazy. Come on, we've heard some interesting stories where like, that person had it all. That person did amazing things. What was going on? Do you want at the cost of rebuilding other people be destroyed within? So it's key and vital, it's important for us to first be built. And that process might be slower than you want. But to allow yourself to be built, where as you make a difference in the world, Jesus has made all the difference in yours. You're so solid in him. You know, I'd rather, I would rather my son serve the Lord to save souls. <laughs> I'd rather my family be healthy than to make a difference. I'd rather that. Because what the Lord has given me inside is the most important thing. He wants me to be whole. And now, of course, I, I want to save souls. Of course, I want to make a difference. I want to make his name known. But it's important for me to make sure inside is set. Inside is solid. So I want to encourage you this morning. The Lord wants to rebuild in you right now. I'm going to, I'm going to invite the band up. And we're going to take some time being rebuilt. Being rebuilt. We take some time being rebuilt. To lead others into freedom, one must be free. It's hard for a prisoner to release prisoners. Right? Stuck in the bars, man. But I'm going to release them all. You got to be released first, right? Like bringing freedom and, and somebody, whether it's, you know, you've you got a heart to release men into freedom and to purity, but you find yourself stuck in sexual morality, pornography, or impure thoughts or whatever, but yet you're wanting to bring men into that freedom. How are you going to do that when you're stuck in that, right? Or you're wanting to raise your children to serve the Lord, but yet all of a sudden you're not really finding your lifestyles matching up where you're not really spending time praying or reading the word, and even including your family in it. How can I expect my son to do that if I'm not doing it, if I'm not displaying it at home, and also bringing him into it? Hope you all can forgive me later. I know it's a little heavy. (laughs) You know, if Jesus was not perfect, he could not lead us into perfection. Jesus had to be perfect for you to be able to be perfect. You know, one of my favorite things to tell young people is, it is is possible to be perfect because that's what Jesus provided. Now, it doesn't mean I get all depressed when I'm not perfect, but what it does mean is what Jesus provided is attainable, which is why then I'm able to be free of things because Jesus did it. Now, we're working and attaining to the fullness of maturity of receiving the fullness of Jesus, of being like him, right? His kingdom is ever increasing. Heaven is coming. It has come, it is coming, and it will come. 
I, I am perfect, I'm being made perfect, and I will be perfected. It's like this trifecta messes with our human minds. My heart right now is for you to get a burden for yourself. Get a burden to carry something where you want to be rebuilt. I don't know if I can say I'm glad this happens because I don't like when I don't spend time with the Lord in a day. But when you have a consistent lifestyle of spending time with the Lord and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen one morning, I found myself grieving. I found myself unsatisfied. I found myself missing him and feeling separated just like that. It's like I want to maintain intimacy with the one who provided me to be able to know him through the perfect sacrifice. I want to encourage you to carry a burden for you right now to be rebuilt. The most important thing of being rebuilt is allowing Jesus to rebuild you. Jesus has done everything. You know what's crazy? Is you are free of all things right now. But how many of us know we aren't experiencing that? Jesus did everything. What it really is on is you believing that. Jesus has freed you. You want to quit smoking? Jesus has freed you. There comes a point in a time where you have to choose to say yes. And then your yes follows. Your yes leads and your actions follow your yes. Believing also requires you to be a little uncomfortable. If you go on and read Nehemiah, there were some uncomfortable times we're building that wall. You're like, why would this guy sign up for this? It says they didn't even change their clothes. They kept working. Wow. Talk about uncomfortable. I just want us to close our eyes right now. What area do you need to be rebuilt? Here's the key thing. To the question, do I need to be rebuilt? The really qu- the question is, what area do you need to be rebuilt in? Because all of us have something. Let's start with the first two things. First two main things society loves and focuses on sex and money. Not doing rock and roll. We don't have time this morning. Sex, intimacy, closeness, union, being wanted, belonging. being a part of a family, being understood. See, humanity desires intimacy, to be known, to be drawn, to be connected, to be wooed. And that first natural desire, it starts with our aching, groaning, desiring for the Lord because you're made for Him. The Word says your body is His. It's His. It belongs to Him. You're made in His image and likeness. The Lord loves to draw us. Your eyes to behold beauty is natural, but it's to start with beholding the beauty of the Lord. His beauty is perfect. The Lord's rebuilding, restoring intimacy and marriages right now this morning. Let your marriage be restored in intimacy and oneness and knowing each other. Hey, money. Nothing wrong with having things, just if they're having you, right? The rich young ruler. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And he obeyed all the stuff. He did all the stuff. He did the New Horizon Church checklist. But there's one thing he didn't do. He didn't give up all his stuff, meaning that stuff had him. And since that stuff had him, because Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. He could have been one of the disciples. He could have followed Jesus. 
but he kept his stuff. It's important for you to first follow Jesus, to first want him, to not let your stuff have you. What area do you need to be rebuilt in? You got your spirit, you got your body, you got your soul. Your spirit is made to be in connection. You know what it could even be? Your life needs to be rebuilt in the area of just being close to God. Or that you would actually feel frustrated when you didn't spend time with Him. I'm sure you've heard your wife frustrated when you didn't spend time with her. Just imagine if you felt this, ah, Lord, I gotta spend time with you, where it just drove you nuts. You just had, you just had to uh, spend time with Him. You just had to read His Word. You just had to spend time in the secret place of prayer. Maybe there needs to be that stirring and kindling of desire for the Lord. I remember praying as a young person, God, help me to want to want to read the Word. So I didn't want to, but I asked Him to help me to want to. It's the start. It's somewhere. Come on, what about your soul, the emotions, the ways you think? Have you been thinking? Have you been belittling yourself? You've been saying you won't do much, you won't measure up to much, allowing your past to define you, canceling what Jesus did, canceling the future he has for you. What needs to be rebuilt right now? Your body as a temple, you want to take care of it, keeping it exclusive for the Lord and your spouse. All right, as your eyes are closed, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine being one who's built up and you're being continually rebuilt. Imagine being a rebuilder. Hey, imagine this, raising up rebuilders after being built. You know, if children grow up a wreck, graduate a wreck, be in college as a wreck, work as a wreck, have a family as a wreck, and then die as a wreck. You see, nobody wants that, right? This pattern isn't the end all, but here's the thing. What if you allow Jesus to raise you up so then you can also raise others up who are rebuilt in the Lord, full of destiny? All right, so what I want us to do, let's all stand right now as we wrap up. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to allow uh, some singing and some little loudness of the band for a few minutes. Uh, here, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to release you for a second. If there is, I want to start with family and relationships. If there is something that needs to be rebuilt in your relationships or your family, maybe it's the spouse next to you, maybe it's your kid next to you. What I want you to do is right now have a conversation in the presence of the Lord. Do some restoration right now, okay? I'll dismiss this in a minute, but I want us to do that right now. So if there's something you want to restore, rebuild right now, relationship, hey, if they're not here, get on the phone right now and just call them. Just call them and say, hey, the Lord is stirring me to just rebuild this. I'm sorry, whatever. Be repentant.